On this week's episode of Pole Concussions, postseason time in the city, the Pelicans getting ready to tip it off for the play-in tournament. We've got a whole bunch of Pelicans talk for you, plus your district attorney doesn't pay taxes, your past presidents of Jazz Fest get nothing but tax-free tickets, and of course, if you are farting, you are not going to the hospital. That's what we've learned right here on this week's episode of Poke and Gush. Come everyone to Poke and Cush. It is Wednesday, April 13th, 2022, and it's do or die, baby. A playoff game, one game elimination, winner go home in the Crescent City to night it is an exciting time to be a pelicans fans exciting time to be a new orleans basketball fan certainly this month there has been a lot going on and i am fired up for it what say you mr andrew polk oh i'm fired up (laughs) the driest i'm amps yeah uh I'm raring to go. <laughs> yeah. What's your pregame routine going to be tonight? I'm probably. Wait, are we talking? We're recording about, this on Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I yeah. can't keep up with Tomorrow these multiverses. Night. Yes. Yes. The Polk and Kush <laughs> extended universe. Yes. I don't know which one I am. I'm uh, Ant Man. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm. I have no plan. <laughs> I have no amp. I don't know how to have a good time. Now, are there any of the uh, Marvel people who are bald? Uh, the <laughs> Professor X. <laughs> we need representation. Is that you or me? I don't know. Sure. I feel like I'm more sedentary. We'll be uh, soon enough. It'll be both of us. But no, it's an exciting time to uh, follow the Pelicans. Everybody is very chipper. Online positivity, uh, good vibes only, as uh, as Gen Z would say. Yes, exactly, and and we'll certainly get into a lot of Pelicans talk uh, in this episode. Uh, but everything else seems to be happening in the city right now as well. The weather's been really nice. We're kind of hanging on to the edge of that. Did you guys do anything interesting, fun, remotely uh, engaging uh, over the past week? Oh man, just so much. Uh, we were. <laughs> Out and about, enjoying the weather. Yeah. No, we didn't really do anything. We went to we went to the. It's like, oh yeah, the good weather. So we went to the movies. Nice indoor movie. Yeah. I uh, I was at the park for probably. There's a park like near my house. I think I was there over the weekend for like six to seven hours total with these kids, just letting them run. Your children. My children. Okay. And then I started realizing, like, oh, in like a month, it's going to be like unbearable out here. And all these these kids are going to be conditioned to thinking that when 
their home that we get to go run around outside all the time. It's going to be a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Daddy is not going out there. You guys turn the TV on because I, I don't want to go uh, get bit by mosquitoes for four hours. Well, we're in Groundhog Day right now. The last like month, every Tuesday or Wednesday has been tornadoes. Yes. Tomorrow is supposed to be uh, very bad weather. And New Orleans, uh, particularly the Smoothie King Center, the power can get knocked out by a gopher. <laughs> so we're going to have ESPN. It's an ESPN broadcast tomorrow at 830. The world is watching. Yes. <laughs> and can we what's like the over under on the Smoothie King Center having electricity at 830 tomorrow? Can we, does DraftKings have a line on that? Rob, you want to send us uh, a line on that one? Can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> Can we do that ourselves? Who's the halftime show? Now, you went uh, You went to the Warriors game I did. on Sunday. The halftime show there, I heard, was pretty incredible. It was cool, man. They had Juvenile and Manny Fresh. And it's now like a, uh, it's a full-on act of nostalgia. Yeah. Um, there's just a certain age threshold in which everybody who's over – a certain age, which I would assume is like 30. It can't be a whole lot younger than me. Like I'd say 33, 32 around that point till about 50. Everybody seems to enjoy it greatly. Anybody outside those ranges is very, uh, was wondering what the hell's going on. They're very confused because many fresh and juvenile, they had like a three piece band with them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it doesn't sound like it probably should, you know, like it's very weird. If you didn't know the lyrics that like three quarters of the lyrics, you can't say in a venue like that, you know, half of them are about giving BJs or whatever it is, you know, like, or the N word. Like there's just all these things that he, Manny Fresh is literally stopping himself. Like every fourth word, uh, in, you know, some of the songs and, uh, you have to keep but everybody that. else knows them, you know, like everyone yeah. our age knows them. So they're all singing them. So you were singing, of course, all the Yes, yeah. yeah. I stopped with some of them. Of course. <laughs> but, but yes. You have to keep that kind of language. If you're at an NBA game, that language is reserved for the players yes. and the drunkest people in the crowd. It's a sacred right of going to a game. But you were well behaved. I was. It was good, man. It was. I mean, I just think it's fun when they do that. I wish they do more stuff like it. And they tried. Like they had like Maggie Kerner play. They had Leo Nocentelli. They had uh, another uh, artist who I, I didn't know who they were at all. Uh, but it was good. It was like they got like five or six New Orleans artists in the mix, which was a cool way to do it. It made it sort of feel more interesting than a normal Pelicans game does. Well, we've talked before about kind of the model of what would get people to the games. Uh, we've talked about lower concession stand prices. I think halftime entertainment is where it's at, and maybe we could combine them and have Big Frida out there twerking her huge <laughs> ass in the air and then have Red Panda flipping bowls onto the twerking ass. I think that's that'd be Red Panda's most unique uh, uh, outing to date. Yeah. I mean, let's do it. Yeah, if you had the guy from... Uh, the guy, the Simon Says guy. Have you ever been there for that? No. When they have a guy who does professional Simon Says, if you had him out there with just you know a bunch of uh, a bunch of guys from they like were, the Lazy Boys, you know, they were <laughs> like, able to peel him away from the Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, from whatever you know McDonald's he works at in Orlando most of the time. How do you get good at Simon Says? His name is Steve Max. I'm not making any of this up. His name is Steve Max, and he's a professional Simon Says guy. And he comes out and he makes people play Simon Says against each other. And 
people seem to watch it. And I don't know how many thousands of dollars he gets for 11 minutes of Simon Says, but he's there every year. <laughs> I can guarantee he's the most uh, well-paid Simon Says <laughs> yes. player. Now what that equals out to, I don't know. What's, what do you say? Is Steve Max? Steve Max. He's a real dick. That's not, that's not a name. That's a hair dryer. What's up? <laughs> When someone like flinches, he's like, no, you, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out. He's like the Simon Cowell of Steve Max. Well, he's probably had a, a renaissance of a squid game. Because the first <laughs> game in squid game was like Simon Says. Oh, was it? Okay. Or a red, it was red light, green light, but. Fair enough. Same basic tenet. Yeah. People love that stuff. What though, would man. you do at halftime? If I was the halftime performer, I, I mean. There's not a single skill I can think of that is on par with what any of those people do. I mean, I guess you would just hurt yourself, right? Like just some pratfalls, you know, maybe throw eggs in my face. Like, I mean, there's got to be like jackass you, style. You would invite the crowd to come down and <laughs> wallop you. Yes. It'd be like the, the, you know, like the Will Smith style. Just I'm going to stand there and you slap me in the face. <laughs> um, but, dude, some of the, what some of these guys do, they're, you know, like holding each other, you know, like two brothers holding each other, like. Uh, in the air and like spinning around it's uh, some of the skills are very bizarre and really fit very well into eight minute increments yeah i think i would i would try and do the christian did you ever see the christian power team <laughs> no. at the Jew, you know growing up <laughs> jewish did, the christian power team was a bunch of uh, lunatics <laughs> who uh you know probably like went to rehab became christian that way but they would, uh, they would like take a phone book and rip it in half, you know, for God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they, the the dangerous one, they'd be like, "We could die, but all of us could." And then uh, they would <laughs> blow up a like a hot water bottle uh -huh. until it popped and exploded. And he'd be like, "Man, this makes me want to learn about the Lord." Meanwhile, they're all hooking up with each other in the back, you oh, know, yeah. like they get on the tour bus the next town. They're all, you know, banging each other. I mean, when you're bending rebar like that, <laughs> there's only so much energy you can contain. It's so extreme. Man. That's what I would do. Yeah. Uh, wait, was what movie did you guys see? Uh, <laughs> we saw uh, everything, everywhere, all the time. I've heard good things. Was it, Everybody, every movie, I'm going to preface with saying every movie that everyone's like, it was really good. And then I ask you and you're like, I left because it sucked ass. <laughs> what did you think? I left an hour. <laughs> I swear to God, we left like an hour into the movie. It wasn't even that it wasn't that bad. I just didn't give a <laughs> shit. I just couldn't care less. It's so good. I literally talked to like five people who were like, it was really good. You should go see it. I'm, I'm like, sure well, it was. I just didn't care. I just didn't give a fuck. It was like, <laughs> at that night, I was going to the movies to not be in my living room. And I was like, all right, I haven't been in my living room for two hours. We're good. It was also, if that movie had been an hour and a half, I would have stuck it out. It was two and a half hours. Yeah, it's a bit much. I The place was, it was like sold out. Was you it? Know, good. Where, where was it? The Broad. Okay. You know, good for them, sold out. Everyone there was having a blast. Uh-huh. I wasn't like, there wasn't a cloud over my head. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. I just wanted to get out of there. I just had enough. And go do needle drugs instead. <laughs> Dude, I cannot remember the last time I left a movie early. And I went and saw Licorice Pizza, the only movie I've seen in three years in the theater. I saw Licorice Pizza, which I really liked. I loved Licorice Pizza. But 
uh, the it was like forty degrees that night. And the palace in Elmwood did not turn the heat on in the building. So it was freaking freezing. And all, I was like, this is, might be the first time I've ever left a movie early. Just because I literally, like, my wife is, like, freezing to death over here. As if we're in, you know, uh, the part of Antarctica where they start eating each other. Um, and, you know, like, at the end of a live where they, like. Have to start eating each other for warmth. Uh, It was, and I still stuck it out. But yeah, I'm very impressed your ability to just like the ticket has already been bought. Whether I sit here for another hour or not, I mean, I'm doing pretty well on DraftKings, so (laughs) I I have the kind of money where I can leave a movie when I'm just like, yeah, I get it, I get it. I've also been lying. I've been lying to most people. They're like, how was I'm like, it was great. I watched the whole thing. Tell me what you thought of the last hour. Yeah, I really like. I'm sure, like, whenever you tell people shit like that, they're always like, "Well, it started getting good yeah. after you left." It's like, I mean, I believe you. Yeah, maybe I'll catch it on HBO sometime. I bet it did. All yeah, all this stuff's on streaming the next day. Yeah, I that's... just went home and watched Goodfellas for the hundredth time. <laughs> Because <laughs> the two and a half hours was too long I watched, for the three hours of Goodfellas. I watched Departed like once a month, and it's like seven <laughs> hours long, and then I bitch about, you know, the King Kong versus Godzilla being two hours. <laughs> I had I saw someone mention the other day that they see Departed all the time as well. Anyway, uh, you know, it is a huge week uh, coming up. For New Orleans, it might be a huge day. If you're listening to this on Thursday, then the season might be over. Uh, but as we record right now, a pretty significant opportunity coming up. Uh, the play-in tournament, so it started tonight, that being Tuesday. Uh, the East Side, uh, or sorry, the seven versus eight games were tonight. Uh, and then the elimination games are uh, Wednesday the Pelicans are the second game, so it's an 8.30 p.m. start. If New Orleans is able to beat San Antonio, they will then go on the road to face the loser of the Clippers-Timberwolves game, and the winner of that game uh, goes on to get slaughtered by the Phoenix Suns in the first round. So it is an interesting concept. I think it does add some juice to this week that's normally pretty dry, but... Uh, But at the same time, you know, the stakes are like this weird combination of very high and also very low. So it's a little confusing. If the Pelicans lose, they're done. They're done. Yeah. So Cleveland, who just lost to the Nets, they're done? No, because they are the 7-8 game. Okay. So they will have to play the winner of the Charlotte-Atlanta game? That's correct. Charlotte-Atlanta is tomorrow at 6. Yes. So they Cleveland will play the winner of that game, and then the winner of that game gets the 8 seed. So Brooklyn got the 7 seed by winning tonight. I hope everybody listening is writing this down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just so... You play an 82-game season, 20 of the 30 teams make the postseason. It's mm-hmm. just like... It, it all feels a little silly at this point to no, it play this much many games. No, it feels <laughs> rewarding and great for the Pelicans <laughs> fan base that stuck through it. That is true. Uh, it is nice they have something to play for. This is going to be the first postseason game since 2018. Uh, what's your kind of feel for the energy level around the team city fan base? What's your kind of up on this? Online in Fuego. Everybody's yeah. happy. There's five new 
Pelicans podcast today. Yeah. There's Pelican fan groups. There's yeah. warring Pelicans fractions. You've got the Alvarado heads. You've got the Sideshow Lob team. <laughs> That's what... There's all these people now, and we can all come together to enjoy what what is currently happening, and that is... Uh, does it get much bigger than 8.30 on a Wednesday against San Antonio? No, this, I, this is just how I am. It's very exciting. Why is it so late? 8.30 on a Wednesday? Because we're in the West. That's ah, unfortunate. Both of these teams are in the time zone where 8.30 is late, by yeah. the way. Yeah. It's stupid. I, I But, like, what are you going to do? You're going to put the Charlotte-Atlanta game? Put it on at 3 o'clock yeah. so you have something to watch at work and gamble on while we're working. So that's, that's at 6, do. and so then yeah, the, the, the earliest you can do it is 8.30. So. Now, it's, it's still, uh, it seems to be pretty easy to get into the arena. Uh, as we speak, Tuesday, it's uh, about 1 a.m. right now. <laughs> the StubHub has tickets for like 25 bucks in the balcony. That's but normal ticket price for yeah. the Pelicans game for yeah. the most part. Uh, I am curious to see what it looks like you know, right before tip uh, tomorrow, but the team was advertising that there's a bunch of tickets still left available. I guess that's not shocking. It's like it's not really the playoffs. San Antonio is not a particularly interesting team. To, I think if they were playing the Lakers, it would have been a totally different type of feel uh, for this game. But this a win on Wednesday also doesn't really get you anything because then you have to go on the road and win another game to get in the playoffs. So it's like the semifinal to get into the end of the playoffs. It's not the the stakes are there, but they're also not that a, a win doesn't really net you like a huge celebration, you know. Well, this is uh, I, New Orleans events are always last second ticket sales. That's true across the board, whether it's sports or. Any other ticketed show, people wait until the last second. Yes. People here do not like to go out when it's raining, and most of the people have had their vehicles stolen, so they have no <laughs> way of knowing how they're going to get to the arena. I think towards the game, uh, ticket sales are going to go up. I'm sure they're going to send out emails tomorrow morning, yeah. $600 to get in section 600. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. I might do that. Uh my plan is to probably go to the game. Okay. And to have a very good time in what I think will be a playoff atmosphere. The last couple games, I mean the last two games were blowouts and of without consequence, but the last few before that, you know, the Lakers especially, those were playoff vibes. For People sure. are really into it. I don't think there's any reason that we won't see that again, regardless of them having to play another away game. Yeah, this is this is it for Pell's fan base, and uh, I think it, I think people are going to show up and show out. Yeah, it's one of those where uh, even if there's three thousand empty seats, which is possible, uh, the fact is that the ten thousand, twelve thousand, however many people are actually there, will be invested in the game, which is far more important than having a full arena of people who. Or sitting there, you know, to see LeBron James, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, we've seen a lot of times here, not necessarily this season, but in the past, where a superstar comes in and fills the building, but there's still no energy because they don't really care about the result of the game. Uh, this will be the opposite. I think almost everyone who'll be in there will be very invested 
in the Pelicans winning, I think in that regard, it will definitely feel like a playoff atmosphere. There's real um, energy behind the game. There's real importance. I do think those who have gotten invested uh, in this team really care about them. I think they're they're very likable, and if you've taken the time to follow them and watch them, I think it's very it, it's very hard to resist enjoying watching them play, wanting to see more of them. Yeah, and uh, since the team, since Willie has inspired the team to not play half-assed, to hustle, to really give a shit on the court, yeah, it seems like people have been more lenient in their criticism of the team because it's been going the right way. This is a very good culmination of that. The Spurs have kind of had New Orleans' number this season. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spurs are kind of a starless team yeah uh but of course they're very well coached they've been here before they know what to do and it's going to be difficult yeah the pelicans are currently a five point favorite I which believe. seems like a lot to me yeah san antonio won three out of four including both games in new orleans this month one of them with both ingram and mccollum playing the pelicans didn't lose a lot with and, both those guys playing and an important takeaway from that first game here was i never got my drink <laughs> from the company the app that's now out of business polk and kush put them out of business now you just call some guys on a rotary phone. You're like, hey, Ahmed, bring me. It's not a racial thing. It's just a name that came into my head. I'm going to edit that out. Uh, do you think they'll show up for this game? think they'll see that you're there and be like, oh, yeah, Spurs game. There you go. They we'll might. bring you your, your Pepsi. They better bring me my big icy. <laughs> Is that what you had ordered? No, I ordered like a Heineken Max or something insane. <laughs> uh, I ordered a Tequiza, which I didn't know still existed. <laughs> Man, do you remember how gross Tequizas were? Indeed, I do. Oh God, they tasted like the milk at after you ate Fruit Loops. I bet you could still find one. I bet, uh, like, if you go to that like three-legged dog in the corner. Oh yeah. Or like uh, Gemini. I yeah. bet they've got one. At it's the back. at the bottom of a cooler somewhere, next to a gremlin. Yeah. Some guy brings it out. <laughs> Bad birthday present. I'm gonna use my uh, concession card tomorrow on a tequiza to cap the season. Uh, I the Pelicans did, like you said, they got blown out twice this week. Uh, I don't know how much you can really take away from it. They didn't really seem all that invested in either game. Uh, certainly the Warriors game, like no one played, even like Herb Jones. Uh, sat on the bench. Uh, there was really nothing to that game. They did not care at all. Uh, in the Memphis game, they lost by 40 or something, and I think they wanted that one a lot more, and that was kind of telling. It was like, the playoff series against Phoenix could be challenging. Yeah. It's like th- Memphis was playing for basically nothing as well, and they beat you by 40. And I think uh, the last time the Pelicans played Phoenix, they were – not at full strength. Chris Paul was not there. They look no. to be full strength for the playoffs. They should be. Yeah, uh, everybody will be. Um, the Pelicans included. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the mo- most fascinating part of this. Right, is you're going to see this team play games that matter with a lineup that everyone's there except for Zion. So you're going to have McCollum, Ingram, Valanciunas, Devonte Graham, uh, Herb Jones, like the whole group they've played together so rarely I, I i can't think how often that starting five 
has actually been together at the same time. Certainly not since Trey Murphy really came on. Uh, it can't be more than 10 times that those guys have really played together. And so this is going to be a very telling moment, especially for the Ingram and McCollum uh, pairing, where there's a lot of hype and hope around those guys. And if you can't beat San Antonio, I do think that is, uh, that's going to be problematic of nothing else a little disappointing i wouldn't even say problematic but disappointing if they were to bow out after one game yeah and when you look at this team you'd say this is a team that not a lot of people necessarily want to face they're surprising they're a little bit on the up and up and a lot of people haven't seen them at full strength so they might not exactly know what to expect i think that would be true of Phoenix, but is not so much true about the Spurs. The Spurs yeah. have seen this team more. They kind of know what to expect, and they also fall into that category of unknown team on the up and up, uh, doing better and better. The Spurs aren't scared of the Pelicans. Yeah. But someone who's, you know, a one seed and like Phoenix and Chris Paul especially, do not want to get embarrassed. So I could see them fearing the Pelicans a little. I don't think that talk resides for San Antonio or potentially Minnesota or the Los well, Angeles. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I also, there's no doubt in my mind that if it's a close game and you're in the last two minutes, you're going like Willie Green, first year versus Greg Popovich, four championships mm -hmm. there is a giant mismatch uh on that front uh when it comes to you know the the intricacies of coaching the end of a playoff game the the experience ledger is just like <laughs> out of control right. uh in, in favor of one side now it's not as if the spurs have a bunch of seasoned playoff guys they don't even have even the last few years they would have the DeRozans and aldridges those guys are all like they got nothing that resembles the uh the Spurs Spurs that we've you know come to know the last twenty something years, but you still just think like one side's got Greg Popovich, the other doesn't. If it's a close game, it's going to be very difficult uh, to pull it off. So I think the Pelicans need to uh, to get out to an early lead. They need to feel the juice from that home crowd. Uh, I I think they sh they should they are the better team. If you were to stack up the talent, they are the better team. In the second game, if it were to get to that, I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can say they're better than Paul George when he's healthy against the Clippers. The Clippers annihilated them the other night in mm -hmm. Los Angeles. Uh, and I really don't think they're better than Minnesota with Towns and Edwards and uh, and D'Lo and all those guys. They're going full speed. I think they could win, but they should be a, a pretty handy underdog. Uh, this game, they should win, and it'll be disappointing if they don't. I agree, um, but it will be cathartic for the city, I think, either way. I think Pelicans fans can hold their heads up, and hopefully they make it to the next round. I think they will. Five might be a little generous for our gambling audience. Yes, that's why you wait for the live bet. You wait for the the, the Pelicans got off to so on Sunday. The Pelicans got off to like a twelve to three start against the Warriors, with playing no one. Yeah, and the line drops like two. And I was trying to bet it, but you know, like I was checking my location and wouldn't let me. And by the time That's I looked up, yeah, by the time I looked up, the Warriors had scored six in a row. But yeah, if you just the middle of the first quarter line, like the way that the line moves for a, ba a basket with three minutes gone in the first quarter is insane to me. Yeah, 
It like makes no sense. That's where you can see like, oh, this is a computer algorithm. Hundred percent trap. Yes. Uh, keys for this game are going to be getting off to a good start, as you said. Uh, shots falling, very obvious. Scoring more points than the other team. <laughs> Not falling out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, you know, tonight the the Nets scored forty in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, against. Against the Pelicans, Memphis in the third quarter had 55 points. It was wild. Like, coming out hot is really the game changer here. So first quarter or third quarter, the Pelicans have not always been a good third quarter team. They have been a decent first quarter team this season. Uh, And also, Brandon Ingram is going to have to close out. Who's your X factor for this play in tournament? Let's go Alvarado. You go Alvarado? You think he's going to play a good bit? I I don't know. Yeah, it, you know it's been a little wonky lately. Yeah, but I if the shots are falling and it's looking good, it seems it seems like Alvarado gets more minutes when the entire team is doing well, not yes. just him specifically. I would agree that Chicago game comes to mind. Uh, I would say either uh, Devonte Graham or Trey Murphy. They need someone to make threes, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think McCollum's going to have a whole lot of space. That's probably going to be the primary place they try to stop. And if either Graham or uh, Murphy can get going a little bit, they don't need to make seven, eight threes. If they can get going a little bit, uh, this team becomes much more dangerous uh, than they would be otherwise. So a lot to watch, uh, a very fun time here. Hopefully uh, we've got a lot more basketball to talk about. We'll see. We're still talking about it this time next week. Uh, but for now, enjoy uh, the play-in tournament and uh, and thank Adam Silver that uh, New Orleans is still playing despite having a losing record. Um, we'll be back. We've got a whole bunch of local stuff to talk about, plus, of course, your favorite segments. Stick around. We'll be right back. Polk and it is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> the city we love, New Orleans. There's always something a brewing, a bubbling. Yes. Usually sewage <laughs> into the street. <laughs> I Monday morning threw up walking to work. Because it was that bad? Yeah. No way. It smelled so bad. (laughs) I threw up. Like you just like pulled to the side of the street? Yep. Does that happen to you often where things smell? Like are you a guy that like. Well, I was walking. I was on foot. Sure. But is it, are you a guy like if someone in the next room is throwing, is throwing up that you will begin to throw up? Where am I? Like, like, yeah. like, yeah. Or you're just like. Genuinely, like you know, not really shit somewhere, and yeah, you know, not guy. really. This was oh, overpowering, oh, and it was God. for like two and a half blocks. Holy crap! Didn't see trucks. Didn't see <laughs> anything out of the ordinary. <laughs> they it were was just, dredging it up. It was well. I mean, the first the first couple steps into the stench, you're like looking at your shoes, and you're like, oh my god, what have I done? Oh my god! And then after a few more city blocks, I just. I, I wasn't the only person throwing up outside of chart room at <laughs> 9 a.m., but my reasoning was different. <laughs> Did you, like, call anybody, or was it just like, get me out of here? I continued to work. I went to work and washed my face. And I, I mean, there was, like, a brush. bartender who had to stand there, like, all day. 
I mean, they were closed, yeah, so yeah. I don't know. God, that is horrifying. That was really my New Orleans <laughs> breakdown of, the, of a day or two. Yesterday. Today's Tuesday. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. Time is a flat circle. Just your typical Tuesday, you know? I do have some good news. The uh, city finally uh, replaced the garbage can that was stolen. Hey. Whenever we moved to the Bud Light Mango Studio in uh, April, mm-hmm. uh, some of the old uh, polka maniacs could remember the garbage can being <laughs> stolen. It has since been replaced. Exactly a year. Later. <laughs> it took one year to get a plastic to get some, something you could have gotten at Lowe's uh, for eighteen dollars. Uh, it's gonna yourself. get it's gonna get stolen immediately again because I don't <laughs> I don't have any spray paint to like spray paint. Not that they they're not gonna be like oh we're not gonna steal that one. It has a number. <laughs> you on could it. acquire it if you really wanted to. I could, but it's in like the it's locked up. You know they've got it. It's a prisoner in the hardware store. I feel like a criminal buying it. Like I'm gonna just what? Why is it locked up? Because people huff it. Or? I guess so. Who knows? People steal everything. I mean, the the CVS now is like, it, it, there's nothing. You can't buy anything. It's all under behind. Can plastic we unlock the deodorant? <laughs> like, Dude, I'm trying to buy diapers, man. It's ridiculous. Baby formula and diapers is like this is insane. You, you, like, there's not a CVS in this entire city where you can get baby formula without. It's nuts. Maybe they should let people steal some stuff. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this seems particularly cruel. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's really hard for the new season of Supermarket Sweep because you always go for the diapers on there and now they're locked up. <laughs> I need to get a manager with a key. <laughs> you know, there's always so many people working at the CBS now, you know? Inflation has to have really affected Supermarket <laughs> Sweep. You go for beef jerky now. Uh-huh, yes. And then you, Put gasoline in a can. <laughs> um, that was a real thing in the pandemic, right? That like supermarket sweep came on Netflix. Yeah. And so I remember watching a handful of those again, being like, wow, this show was like incredibly interesting. I there don't were, know why. There were a couple things that were like it's filmed November 2020 and they came out during the pandemic. We we're like, this is great. Yeah. I love Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. <laughs> Keep this going forever. I'm never going to live like this again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, other local uh, news that's going on besides, you know, we'll, we'll we'll gloss over the 18 people getting shot over the weekend, a 10-year record. That was bad. We all know it's bad. It's very sad and depressing. Uh, but at least whenever they finally catch the guy who's shooting everybody, uh, they'll have District uh, District Attorney Jason Williams on hand. Uh, you White might re- Mamba. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Jason Williams as being the guy who's facing an 11 count indictment on conspiracy to cheat on his taxes over a five year period. Anyway, uh, the trial date has been set. Uh, That is going to be on July 18th. So those of you who are looking for tickets to see uh, that trial, that'll be very exciting. Uh, it looked like it was going to be uh, earlier, which I guess was supposed to be January 24th, but the, in the break of all breaks for Jason Williams, he got another six months because Judge Martin Feldman, uh, who is 87, uh, died. Uh, and so, <laughs> so shot? lucky break for uh, for Judge for Jason Williams there as he bought himself Any another six foul months. play there. I, I mean, eighty seven. There's really nothing they can 
accuse you of. Yeah. Um, so now Lance Afric will have the case. Uh, basically, the case is, uh, for those unfamiliar, uh, Williams and his business partner, uh, Burdett, I uh, should probably have his first name, Nicole Burdett, uh, conspiring to inflate business expenses by more than $700,000 over five years, ending in 2017 uh, with the help of Henry Timothy, a West Wego tax preparer. <laughs> Three words that should not be put in the no. same phrase. If you're going to West Wego to get your taxes prepared, just try harder. Well, the good thing about getting your taxes done in West Wego is at the same place you can get some catfish. <laughs> Buy some loose cigarettes. Uh, don't tread on me flag. $700,000 in fraudulent business expenses. Yeah. I and just did my taxes. How's and on business expenses, uh, office supplies, I had like $25. <laughs> and then I just started sweating. I'm like, I'm going to go to prison. I changed it to like $20. <laughs> Everything that we uh, spend any money on is really for this podcast, which we also don't pay taxes on. <laughs> don't say that on the podcast. If, if the, Well, the judge is dead. They can't do anything That's about true. it now. Um, the, I, I think the labor I do for the podcast counts towards the tax credit. <laughs> yeah, it's a community service. Like, I'm not getting paid my usual recording fees. That's true, yes. So the, the, it works out <laughs> with the taxes. Oh, we're done for. I feel like stand-up comedy is the one that you could just, anything you do, be like, yeah, it's an expense. Uh, yeah, maybe. But, yeah, I mean, it's anything that you, you know. But the good news for uh, Jason Williams uh, is really actually the worst possible news. Uh, that guy, the West Wego tax repairer, has already pleaded guilty to lying on his own taxes. Uh-oh. So I think you hired the wrong guy. I hired a criminal defense lawyer who murdered a person. <laughs> it's, not, it's not great that he's, like, this is the guy you entrusted your businesses with. Uh, not great. So uh, Williams has pleaded not guilty. Uh, he was elected, you might recall, uh, like, you know, about a year and a half ago. I think it was January 2021. That's a six-year term. I don't know what happens if he's found guilty of this. I don't know if he goes to jail or just has to pay a giant thing or whatever. Uh, but things are already going pretty bad for everyone associated with the Orleans Parish Criminal Justice, mm -hmm. uh, and this is uh, trial being in July. I don't think is going to help matters much. No, I uh, I don't think so. Seven hundred thousand dollars, criminal tax attorney who's already admitted to it. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe you want somebody who admits to committing the crimes. So maybe that means he's better at doing them. He knows how to get around the law. <laughs> maybe he's like practicing t for Jason's case. Yes. Like he'll see what they throw at him and then he can apply it. He can tell Jason what to say and what not to say. Yeah. From prison. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he'll just be the fall guy. Well, okay. Wait. So I cheated if, on his taxes and my tax. I did it a lo lone gunman. Let's say the new judge. The new one who's not dead uh, <laughs> sentences Jason Williams to jail. Yeah. Jason Williams is the guy. He can uh -huh. go, yeah, I'm not sentencing me. Yeah. Can he do that? I guess so. He goes, I'm not pressing any charges. I think this is federal court is the problem. Damn it. Yeah. 
If he had only, but if he carjacks somebody on the way out in order to pay for the, <laughs> the taxes that he's getting hit by, I don't think he can press charges on himself for that. Let's see. Let's see how deep we can go on this. <laughs> if anyone working in City Hall has any insider information, please let us know. Wild speculation, always welcome. Always welcome. Polkandkush at gmail.com. Uh, the other story I have uh, this week on the local breakdown is uh, genuinely one of the most New- – more, more New Orleans than the DA not paying his taxes. Oh, and by the way, the mayor doesn't pay her taxes either. Uh this story just cracked me up uh, from NOLA.com again. Uh, the former Jazz Fest board presidents seek return of free tickets and other perks that court documents say. So basically, uh, if you're not following this uh, story, uh, a handful or really just two uh, former Jazz and Heritage Festival Foundation presidents, uh, Dimitri Mercadel and Michael Bagneris, who ran for uh mayor a couple times uh both of them are suing the jazz and heritage foundation which puts on jazz fest Mm -hmm. uh because the festival decided they are no longer going to give them the perks that they used to get as past presidents which included like 70 free tickets to jazz fest every year parking on the grounds for free and like four all-access passes which go for like I don't know, two or three thousand dollars a weekend. And so they are literally suing the festival to get those perks back when it seems like those perks should be completely illegal to begin with. That's a lot of money. 70 tickets, VIP tickets, parking. Yeah. A Jazz Fest ticket this year at the gate is $90. So you're talking just the 70 free tickets is like six grand. And Foo Fighters aren't even going to be there. <laughs> yeah, they are replacing the Chili Peppers. Another um, great jazz band, though. <laughs> That's what I love about Jazz Fest. Right? I was like, come see these great jazz musicians. Uh, Slipknot and Rob Zombie. Pitbull. Yeah. Dua Lipa. <laughs> I love Jazz Fest, but like... I can tell. I've never seen you in pants. I know you love Jazz Fest. <laughs> Pants or socks. I'm really not for either of them. Uh, the, the the balls to to the past. What does a past president of the Jazz Fest Foundation do you think do on an annual basis to deserve seventy tickets? To deserve four all access passes and parking. What do you think that person's doing every year to earn that? Telling people about <laughs> Jazz Fest, getting the word out. <laughs> I mean, it is so outrageous, the concept that these guys, not only to be pissed about it is one thing and be like, oh, we used to get this great benefit and now they're taking it away from us because they want us to, quote, pay taxes on it now. Uh, To go to court and sue the festival over it is actually beyond comprehension and the most New Orleans thing ever. This opens up the gateway to me suing my former employer, Sonic Drive-In, over the benefits of... Well, actually, we didn't get any benefits. We just ate the food there. We just stole the food. I I demand a $50 gift card every single day. I demand you bring back the Powerade slushie. I mean... 
I don't know how many hours a pa- a president had to work when they were running the board, but I understand the current board getting a couple tickets. They're volunteering their time, their expertise, whatever. It's like, yeah, you get into the festival. I understand that. 70 seems a bit extreme. But for someone who's not even on the board anymore, you were on the board 30 years ago, and therefore you get 70 tickets every single year. That's six grand a year you're getting. Who knows 70 people? Well, Who nobody. They 70? sell them. Man. Not giving away to friends. They sell them. Well, it's cronyism at its absolute finest. And I just love the fact that they, for the first time ever, something in this city was like, hey, this seems like a bunch of bullshit. We should get rid of this. (laughs) And instead of just belly aching about it, they actually had the balls to sue. And on top of that, they didn't just sue. They then appealed to get the court documents sealed as if this was like a case of national security (laughs) because because they were so embarrassed by the concept that they were doing this uh i mean you just like this is insane so they're saying that this is a time sensitive issue so uh mercadel is seeking a preliminary injunction against the foundation before the festival opens and three weeks the issues are quote time sensitive particularly given that jazz fest is set to begin later this month should the hearing be continued there is risk that the relief requested in the motion would be rendered moot and thus cause irreparable harm to mrs mercandell oh yeah you know you don't get your 70 free tickets every year for doing jack shit it's gonna cause irreparable harm to your life not the 30 years of free crap you've been getting every year for doing nothing we're not gonna worry about that that's caused irreparable harm to how many other people you know what a bunch of bs man this should be on the steve harvey judge show yeah oh yeah because he would just stare a hole through this person's oh, head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could get... Is this going to be the first time we see Jimmy Buffett testify <laughs> in court? <laughs> I love the response to the board notes in its own, you know, in the uh, response to it. The board says, uh, quote, the past presidents are not prevented from buying tickets or parking passes to Jazz Fest. They can purchase them themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where the irreparable harm comes from. I'm sorry I didn't get all the free stuff that I've been stealing from Jazz Fest for the last 20 years. I hope they bargain with it or something and maybe whittle it down to some free T-shirts. Yeah, that'd be great. They just get like a truckload of bandanas. Fanny packs. <laughs> How are you going to clap koozies? Yes. That takes us in to my favorite part of every single week on this year program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things that I've ever heard. Everyone in this room is now done for The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. Send it in, polkandkush at gmail.com, or you can text it to Scott's personal phone number, 504-867-5309. There we go. This one is from Newsweek. Woman had organ removed. After not farting in front of boyfriend for years. <laughs> you don't really need a story with this <laughs> no, one. No, we're good. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. 
Some would call one woman's lack of flatulence around her partner a gas. Oh, but it wow. ultimately led to an emergency hospital visit. Irish barista Kara Clark, 19, reportedly had to get her appendix removed in the past week after two full years of holding in farts around her boyfriend, Kyle Duffy, 21. Oh, my God. Claire posted a TikTok video on March 29th on her account that had been viewed two million times. She told the Nottingham Post that she developed extreme stomach pain while at work last Tuesday and immediately went to the hospital. The somewhere native said she had discovered she had an infection that required the removal of the appendix before it burst, all seemingly because she would not pass gas in front of Duffy, who reportedly was dying laughing at the reasoning for the surgery. I do hold in my farts, but I didn't think I would be in the hospital over it, she told the publication. I'm pretty easygoing, other than the burps and farts. Uh, I was yeah. in so much pain I couldn't hold in my tears, but could hold in my farts, apparently. <laughs> my doctor said to me, I'm sorry you're in so much pain, and then laughed at you, right? <laughs> of course, yes. Immediately. I was, I was limping when I walked hunched over. There's a really good stock photo of just somebody with stomach pain that's amazing yes yeah, this, is, this like... is not her but some <laughs> somebody responded to a photo shoot for stock photos and they were like can you act like you just had a bunch of chili and now this is in newsweek this is not i i don't think this is like super uncommon i but usually people go to the restroom or have a moment alone uh-huh or, you know, run outside, walk away from the group. Yeah. There are all sorts of strategies here. Pretend to take a phone call. Yeah. There's, I mean, I, don't, I haven't been in a new relationship in a very long time, uh, so I don't know the etiquette at this point anymore. But, like, how long into dating is it before you can start farting in front of each other? I've never done that. Yeah. Maybe that's why I've never been married. <laughs> Maybe that's why we're sitting here this day. Maybe it's because I haven't shown the vulnerability <laughs> that women desire uh-huh. in men. Or maybe I just think it's sick and gross, so I won't I won't do that in front of people. Yeah. I burped pretty loudly this afternoon uh in front of my wife and she literally just said, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's the correct that's valid. That's and fair. now you can say, do you want me to go to the hospital? <laughs> exactly. What what part of my body could fall apart or burst if I don't loudly burp without anything covering my mouth? Um, dude, that is... I mean, I mean there's got to be some better way to go about this than letting an actual... She said her appendix burst? Yeah, it says um, that withhold buildup of gas can cause uh, sharp pains in an abdominal area adding that her pains tend to be short-lived and that it usually did not require medical attention. What I think is probably happening is if you're holding all this in, when you go to sleep, your body does not keep those secrets no. awake. <laughs> and she was probably a blooper reel from Big Mama's house when she was snoozing. It was like Norbit... And Meet the Clumps and Scary Movie, <laughs> Not a Teen Movie, yeah. Medea, Shrek, the whole fart clan probably came out to roost whenever she dozed off. 
That's yeah. my biggest fear is that I'm honking up a storm. Yeah. I'm honking on Bobo. <laughs> Just ripping them at yeah. I uh it reminds me of the woman who I think there was like a contest, like a to win like a Nintendo Wii, it was like you had to hold hold something. your Wii. Yeah, it was like a hold your Wii contest, you had right? To not pee. Yeah, and they were like, I believe, making them drink water. Yeah, so you were drinking water, and they and they weren't allowed to pee. And I think, I guess, whoever had it last um, won a Nintendo Wii, and instead, the woman drowned. Yeah, like, internally drowned and died. And the Nintendo Wii cost $199. Yeah, it's not like winning a car. No. <laughs> not that it would have been worth it to die for a car, no. but I definitely wouldn't have died for a Nintendo Wii. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple hours down at the yeah. factory. Yeah, it's also just like, how long would you have had that Nintendo Wii before you stopped playing it anyway? Yeah. Oh, God. I guess the moral of the story is follow your body. Yes. And that's what I did when I threw up. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if you held that in? Yeah. What kind of toxic sludge would I be I would have your... gotten, you know, toxic shock syndrome or whatever. I do have that feeling always every time I vomit where I immediately think that I'm healthier. <laughs> the second that it happens, I'm like, oh, I feel much better. Yeah. I definitely am healthier now that I've thrown up. It's like, I'm not any healthier. That, that. It doesn't. Uh, it's still all in there. That particular vomit is gone, but all the rest of it's still all there. But you're at the boot. Yeah, <laughs> it feels good to get it out at that point. Oh God, yeah, not a. I haven't. Mm, no good. No bueno. My takeaway from this story is just keep it. Just keep it in private, right? I view I view bodily functions like people talked about being gay in the 80s. It's like, it's fine. Just keep it away from me. <laughs> you do what you have to do, but I don't need to do I don't I don't want to. I don't want you to be, uh, you know, gallivanting in front of I, me. With, I with know it's farts. natural. I just don't want it in my face. I don't think you're going to hell, but I also don't think it's great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, that'll take us through this week's episode. Thank you all so very much for listening and rating, subscribing. We've noticed a whole bunch more ratings on Spotify, so thank you uh, for for jumping on that one as well. Uh, and, of course, reviews uh, on Apple if you're using that, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so very, very much. Uh, please, as always, support Ale on Oak. They, of course, will have all the Pelicans games as long as they are in the postseason. Plus, they've got the MLB package. Uh, so you're going to want to watch your baseball games there and gamble on DraftKings and watch the games at Ale. Can't imagine a better combination. Uh, thank you very much. We do very much enjoy doing this show. We appreciate all the positive feedback. And for those of you asking when episodes are and whatnot, uh, thank you. Stay in touch. Stay engaged. We do appreciate each and every one of you. And we will talk to you next week right here. Polk and Kush. See ya. See ya.